Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Astros. There you go. There you go. Rangers win 2-0. Game 1, American League Championship Series. They beat the Houston Astros. Joe Davis with the call of the final out. Clinching Game 1. Now they move to Game 2. Red Hot Rangers. Listen, there's no, there's no fluke right now. They went into Houston. They took game one, changes the whole dynamic, changes the whole perspective of that entire series. And by the way, in case you were wondering, in the best of seven series, game one winner has won that series 64% of the time. So just to keep that in mind. And with this Rangers team, why not, right? I mean, they have to be considered along with, I would say they're considered the hottest team right now heading through the postseason. We're going to find out maybe who, if the Diamondbacks or the Phillies can take claim to that title as they head into their game one. We're going to get to that in a second. But with the Rangers, they've only trailed at the end of only one inning this postseason. That's incredible. Also, they've won six straight, obviously, and they've won the first five road games in the postseason for the first, became the first team to do that since the 2005 White Sox did it. And before that, the only other team, the 1996 Yankees. So you're getting the idea. And why are they being able to do this? We've talked a little bit about these, the Rangers getting just enough starting pitching, getting just enough bullpen. And when it comes to the starting pitching, you need the guy who is going to get on my back. Not get on my back, but get on, let everybody else get on his back. And that is Jordan Montgomery. We've already talked about Nathan Avaldi and Nathan Avaldi is going to get his chance to keep that narrative going. But Montgomery has been that guy. We was certainly once again in, in game one of the ALCS going six and two thirds shutout innings. He's now gone three postseason start. His team has won obviously all three of them and two of them he hasn't given up run. Now remember, Jordan Montgomery is a free agent heading into this offseason. The, the Rangers went out and got him and this is a huge tip of the chapeau to Chris Young. The Rangers got him for three minor leaguers, and it wasn't like it was a cheap thing to do. You had to give up two minor leaguers who right now are the number five and number nine prospects for the St. Louis Cardinals. But they wanted to go for it. They obviously went out and got Scherzer as well. But Jordan Montgomery has been the guy. He's been the dude, and he's making himself a ton of money. I want to talk maybe in another podcast coming up about which guys in the postseason are making themselves the most money when it comes to free agency. But... Last night, 
Jordan Montgomery made himself a lot of money. There's no way around that. That's just how this game works. All right, so this is going to be, I think it's going to be a great series. I love the fact that the Rangers with Evan Carter and, and all these these guys, this lineup, and now you have Evaldi going. This isn't just going into Houston and say, hey, Houston, you're winning all the time. You're used to the championship series. We're going to roll over. We're going to be, is the moment's too big for us? We just saw that. You have a guy like Montgomery, you have a guy like Evaldi, the, and you have that sort of lineup. I don't care, man. Like, that's, here you go. Like, the Rangers, to me, I'm still picking them to go through the, the L, LCS. Well, the other LCS, obviously, the National League LCS, and that's where I am right now. I'm in Philadelphia and went to the workout day yesterday. It's, Phillies, man, they got a good vibe. I've said it before. The vibe that the Phillies have reminds me of some of the best clubhouses that I've been around. They feel good about themselves, and everybody's talking about the crowd. Everybody's talking about how the crowd might impact. I think that in hindsight, when you look at what the crowd did to the Marlins and even the Braves, they put that put them on their heels. And the, the Phillies are very good. I mean, make no mistake about it. Now comes the Diamondbacks. And this is going to be intriguing because we talk, you get to this point, you talk about how hot teams are. Well, Diamondbacks are pretty hot. And they pump the music into Chase Field. And they're trying to prepare. And they, try, they think they're ready to go. And they think that they're not going to be put on their heels by the crowd. But, you know, who knows? We don't know. That's the great thing about this. All we do know is that the Diamondbacks are a great story. And they're a really, really good team. Keep in mind, just two years ago, they lost 110 games. It became just the third time, third team in MLB history to go from uh, losing a hundred or more games to a playoff berth in a three season span. Last time to do it, well, it was this year's Orioles, so it wasn't that long ago, and the 2013-15 Astros, of course, that Astros team, that was the Sports Illustrated cover team. So the guy who is has a huge, huge part of this whole deal is Mike Hayes, and president of baseball operations. He's back on the podcast today. He was with this podcast in spring training, talking about the culture and building that team and ketchup flavor potato chips and all that stuff. He was awesome then, and he was awesome this time around when I caught him up for caught up with them for this podcast remember Hazen he has been to the championship series before he was assistant GM with the Red Sox in 2013 of course that was with his current manager and then Red Sox bench coach Tori Lovello so with that in mind I want to ask Lovello at the press conference in the very formal setting of the press conference I want to ask him how he would compare this go-round with the last time those guys went through this experience in 2013. Tori uh, what can you take from the run you went on 10 years ago? Um, there's a there's a lot of overlap um for a couple of reasons. I mean, I think it was a wire-to-wire season for the Red Sox. And getting into the playoffs, there was a couple things that the the Red Sox had to push aside, right? The challenges of the Rays, um, to me, equals the challenges that, that the Diamondbacks have for the Dodgers, with the Dodgers. And I remember walking into the Detroit series with Verlander, Scherzer, um, who started the first game? The former um, Sanchez, Sanchez um, Porcello. It was a very strong Detroit Tigers team, and 
not a lot of people were feeling like the Red Sox were going to get through that series. And it was a heavyweight bout where teams were landing haymakers. I feel like that's going to be a very similar situation for us. I thought he nailed that. I told him that later. I said, listen, I asked that question, what a question it was, and I thought you nailed the answer. And so I thought it was a great comparison for Lavello to bring up with the 2013 Red Sox and this Diamondbacks team. So how did the Diamondbacks get here and where did, what did Hazen do to help them get there? Well, obviously you go from 110 win loss season to this. You have to make some changes and you have to have an approach. You listen to this podcast and he talks about what his goals are heading into the season. And one of the goals, and I'm spoiler alert, one of the goals he says is to be buyers at the trade deadline. And that's exactly what he did. Now, when he went into the trade deadline, the, the Diamondbacks were 57-51. They had an 8.3%. This is according to our good friends at Fangrass. So I should say this, 39% chance to make the playoffs. 8.3% chance to win the NLDS and 3.4% chance to win the NLCS. In case you're keeping score at home, almost all those numbers, exactly the same in the Red Sox. The Red Sox almost did nothing. Luis Urias at the deadline, but pretty much did nothing at the deadline. The Diamondbacks, well, Mike Hazen says, you know, if, if we were in that spot, he wanted to go for it. This is one of the things we talked about on the podcast and he did go for it. He went out and got a closer in Paul Seawald and also an outfielder in Tommy Pham. Now, Pham in the postseason so far has been one of their best hitters. Pham has hit 318 with an 802 OPS and two home runs. Who did they give up? Hey, this, these things aren't cheap. I mean, you give up a 17 year old Jeremy Rodriguez. Now you say, well, 17-year-old, you gave up a 17-year-old for Tommy Pham, a guy who's helping right now, hitting in the middle of the order for the Diamondbacks. Well, keep in mind, and Jeremy Rodriguez was their top signing in the international market in 2023, signed for $1.2 million. So he is a guy that they like and they invested in. But he's also a guy that they saw as an opportunity to get the, a, a much, much need, not only on the field, but off the field with bringing a little bit of edge to that clubhouse. And in terms of the closer, this is a guy who has now gotten four saves. And now they obviously get him from Seattle. Got four saves in the postseason. He hasn't given up a run or a walk by giving up just two hits and striking out five. He got 13 saves during his time with Arizona, and he has been so, so unbelievably key for that. And when it comes to SeaWorld, they gave up, you know, again, there was people they had to give up. Seattle was in it at that time. Seattle was just as in it almost as much as the Diamondbacks. You make that trade. Jerry DePoto takes a chance. Then, And after, as you're going to hear, the Diamondbacks went on a losing skid. The Seattle was a team that went on a run, but Diamondbacks figure it out. They write the ship. Here you go. Yada, yada, yada. Now you're in the NLCS. NLCS. All right. Well, as we said, we caught up with Mike Kazin. Always insightful. Always honest. Always entertaining. Even if there is no ketchup flavored potato chip talk this time around. Well, a little bit. Maybe. But, but certainly not a breakdown of it like we did before. But there is a breakdown of what, how he got through this season, looking back at our last conversation and how far they've come this time around as he stood on the Citizens Bank Park field with me, uh, during the workout day. Remember everybody, fanduel.com slash boring, fanduel.com slash boring. Papelbon will be on sometime soon to reflect, react, 
to, I don't know, revel in his bet that if the Phillies, as a reminder, if the Phillies win the whole World Series, that's 150 grand for the Pavel Bond family. Thank you, FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash boring. Also, socials. At BB isn't boring, Twitter account, Instagram account. If you go there, by the way, you will be blessed with the photo of Tori Lovello wearing a baseball isn't boring hat. The first ever manager wearing a baseball isn't boring hat. So there you go. Also subscribe, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So these things just pop up on your phone whenever we, we drop them. Review. Rate all of the above. All right, here we go. It's going to be a huge week. It's going to be an awesome week. And let's kick it off now with a great interview with Mike Hazen. All right, you said he would only come on if he fitted the uh, National League Championship Series again. I feel like baseball's and boring really was the reason, sort of the springboard for you. For our entire season. Kind of. Yeah, when we did that podcast together, I mean, things just... From that point, everything was looking up. You know, before that, I mean, we were destined for a fifth place and you know a full rebuild. And now, now we're in Philadelphia, and you're you're shivering because you're so cold. I'm nervous. I'm around greatness. <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> um, Mike Hayes. And so, uh, I pulled up the the soundbite that we had Tori on. <laughs> I know that shocks you that Tori came on the podcast, but he came on the podcast in the off season, and I said maybe I said this to you in the last podcast, which was. You know, I said, give, give me your speech. Give me your speech to the team. And he gave this. He's like, I work, help him workshop the speech heading into spring training. Let them buy their teams, you know, that whole thing. But we can, you know, we can do this. I'm paraphrasing. But so the question I have for you is when you heard that speech, did you see a bunch of wide-eyed guys saying, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I'm not sure I was in the room when he gave oh, that speech. No, I probably was. No. It was a long time ago. I, I know. Forget okay. These things. So what do you? No, it's it's baseball. Nobody listens to those speeches and runs out the door like it's like like like. But you've got to have people believe for sure. He he does a great job of of galvanizing the guys around specific themes and and missions of what we're trying to get done. And 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 he's done that this year. He's taken a lot of you know we we have a few veteran players, but we have a largely have a young team that's never done anything like this before. And, yeah. And he's brought them along and a way to to talk to them about winning what winning means you know when we were in Boston and all those teams like there was a there was a lot of foundation set for all of us that mm-hmm. you know for we we brought a lot of young players onto the roster over the course of time there was always the foundation of guys that were there we we haven't had that even our veterans we've kind of brought in for the most part from the outside mm-hmm. um, and 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 we do have some guys that are sort of growing into that veteran spot now but you know, we didn't have that. He he does a really good job of um, getting that message across to the players. That's not just about being here and being in the big leagues, but trying to win. So, it's he does a good job of that, and and that has manifested itself here. But when did when did you definitively? I think someone was asked this in one of the press conferences today. But for you, it's like okay, because you went through you know the good at the beginning of the year, then a little bit of a lull, and then came back out. Were you like, okay, we're going to be okay? Uh, ooh, depends on when you ask me that question. Um, at the beginning of the year, when we were 17 games over 500, and then we played terribly for a month and a half. And, right. You know, look, got teams go on losing streaks. We had a nine-game losing streak right after the right after the trade deadline. Right. Um, but but in aggregate, we played poorly for a month and a half. And usually teams, you know, we were 17 over and we got down below 500. Mm-hmm. And you don't usually dig yourself back out of that. The one thing that we kept saying to ourselves was, well, we still have a month and a half left in the season. 
we at least have the opportunity. In 2018, we were we were in first place at the beginning of every single month, all season long, including September 1st. And we went seven and something, I think, or eight, nine or something for the rest of the way. Yeah. And by the time we were done, it was over, and we didn't make the playoffs. And at least this time, we had the opportunity to come back, and I think that was the saving grace for us. So we had a good team, but we then at least had time to start playing better again, and we did. When did um, when did so you mentioned the trade deadline? So that's for you. That's like a weird feeling, not a weird feeling, an uncomfortable feeling. You make a move, you're convicted in the move. You make moves, convicted in the move, and then, like you said, you hit a little bit of a rut. But did you in, in your foundation? Did you be like, okay, you know, I believe this is going to work out. I believed that no matter what was going to happen and how we were playing, which wasn't great, that this team deserved the opportunity mm-hmm. for us to buy. And one of the goals, we set out two goals at the beginning of the season. I set out two goals for at least me, us, was I wanted to buy at the deadline for the first time and I wanted to play meaningful baseball. That, that was a goal. That's a cool it goal. It was a goal that yeah. I wanted to buy at the deadline and I wanted to, and I wanted to play, we wanted to play meaningful baseball games in August, September. So, Look, we, we got to that point and we did it and we just decided around the deadline no matter what was going to happen, we were going to be within a couple games or up or down of the wild card spot and the division kind of started to run away from us. Um, and we had committed that we were just going to buy. And then once you buy, I mean, there's nothing left to do. Like, you're pot committed. <laughs> it's, 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 it is it's, what it there's is. There's no waiver like, trade. There's no, anymore. there's no undoing the trades. And so, yeah, losing nine in a row after that was tough. Um, <clears throat> but, we found our way out of it, and we found our way out of it because we started to play better. We've been making some mistakes on the bases. We had been a really good base running team the whole entire time. We started making mistakes on the bases, and we cleaned some of that stuff up. And then, and then the wins started coming back. What was the thing that that when you the wins did start coming back? That well, no, let's go back to the trade deadline because I've I always lo- I love the like the dynamic of like how a team believes and I love when you said this where you said hey you know one of the, my goals was to buy the trade deadline and we were going to make sure that we did our best. Did you get that feel even though you lost some games after? Did you get that feel like that was another layer of this right? Another layer of belief of these guys believing hey you know what the front office is behind us. Yeah, I think so. We talk about a lot about that. I, I think if if if. You know, you, you think you have a good team, you think you're going to contend, and we don't go out and buy. I, I, I just think it sends a weird, it can send a weird message into your clubhouse. Teams do. Well, I, it can send a weird message into the clubhouse yeah. for me, and so we didn't want to do that. We want, you know, and I, I let this team down a little bit because I didn't go out and get a starting pitcher, which we needed a starting pitcher too, and, um, you know, we're now in a series now where it's a seven game series, and that's gonna, that's gonna rear its head, mm-hmm. um, in this series for us. Um, and, and but we're going to need some of our young players, like they did all season, to come come and step up. And it's it's we tried to do you know we tried to be as aggressive as we felt like we could. You know, at the time when we were seventeen over, you know, I think you attack certain things when you're going for the division and you're going for a buy and all those other things. When you're starting to drop in the standings and you're no longer in a playoff spot and you're three out now or behind four other teams. It makes it a little trickier, but we had committed to trying to buy as much as we could. And, you know, there weren't a ton of starting pitching options out there. Um, that's probably the one regret I have with the trading Don't deadline. Don't beat yourself up over that. Why? Because that's my job. No, it's not. Yeah, yes, 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 it is. No, like, but, like, you're sitting, like, so, uh, but, listen, you're micromanaging, like, you're here. You're in the NL- NLCS. So, 
there's a reason why you didn't trust the process. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of trusting the process is getting a starting pitcher too. But yes, you know, we we did some stuff at the deadline. I, the the Tommy Fam, Jason, and and Paul Seawald have been incredible for us. Yeah. We're not here without those three guys. So we did do some things at the deadline that definitely helped our team get out of that rut, like we were talking about. Um, but we didn't accomplish all that we wanted to accomplish. But we're here, and and we're here in large part because of those guys and the way our young players have stepped up. Also, most of those starters that get traded didn't do well. So I'm just making, I'm building you I up. I appreciate that. What, yes. what Thank you. you. You're, you're my, 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 trying, my excuse I'm, machine. I'm, I'm high <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> um, so when you look back, as I, as you, as I told Tori, I look back at two, that, 10 years ago of going to the, to the ALCS with the Red Sox. Um, it's a cliche question, I know, but for you going through this this process, is there anything you can take out of it? Like because Tori brought up a good point about the perception of the team that you're going against. That Detroit team was really, really good, much like this Phillies team is really, really good. Can you, or is that? Yeah, there's. Ne- there, I, I've never been through something like that where we didn't feel like the other team that we were playing against was really, really good. Yeah, you know, you you at times you can tend to focus on the other team more than you can focus on- with threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On your own team. And you try, you start to discredit yourself a little bit as opposed to and building up the other side when, you know, they should feel the same way about us. So, you know, we've played yeah. really well so far this postseason. But yeah, this is, this is, a, this is going to be our toughest test yet. It's a really, really, it is an impressive roster. It's got stars up and down it. It's got a great bullpen. It's got good starting pitching, great starting pitching. And it's, you got, they got guys that can all hit bombs. And, that's going to be a formidable thing, formidable thing for us to counteract in the series. I, the the biggest thing I take away from this is you just you don't you don't take for granted being in the middle of October, yeah, man. and being on a baseball field, it's cold, right? Out. It's cold out, and we're about, we're going to play baseball. And I I am so appreciative that we're here because, and we've earned being here, but that we're here because this is these are the these are the days that we tell the stories about ten years later, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, these are yeah. the days that we tell stories about. We just, you know, we, we just you know, rattled through like right? the most minute details of something that happened ten years. That's ago. right, and and you don't. You don't tell stories about when we lost 110 games in 2021. <laughs> Nobody cares, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to rehash that yeah. that that what that was. And but they want to talk about every minute of every game that gets played mm-hmm. at, on this stage. And those are those are your fondest memories in the game. This is why people talk like, look, you know, there's there's the pro sports and there's a lot of money and all that other stuff. But you never forget the team, the winning teams that you're on. How but, how was scouting? So this is a. How is scouting for a series, for a championship series, for you, maybe different this time around than when you went through? I don't really think it's that much different. I listening to the advanced meetings that we have, like we're still focusing down on the same things, you know, trying to pick up any little edges that things that they might show us that they do defensively, offensively on the bases. Um, we're still looking at all those same things. You had a crew, man. <laughs> I ate with them. Yeah, like we had a crew. You had a crew. We do. Like, I, we do. It's important. The, yeah. the little, the little, the margins we're playing with now are tiny hmm. and we you know we, the the things that happen the little things that happen that help you win a baseball game you you know we talked about um I, I, I facing Miguel Cabrera in 2013 right. like Zawa. like we we knew we knew Tazawa had to come out and execute 
pitches down and away against them, and he came out and faced Miguel Cabrera every single at bat. And somebody told us that to attack in that way. Like those are the little things that you don't do during the regular season all the time. Obviously, you don't play the same team seven straight, six or seven straight days, but. It, 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 those are the little things that matter. Those are the same conversations we're still having. As you sit here, did you did you feel like you thought you would about this team? Like it, you you put together a team, right? And you think this is how this team could be. What is the thing that you thought? Okay, this is how it is. And maybe what is the thing that surprised you? The the yes, the what we thought was the athleticism, speed, defensive component to this team. Gallon and Merrill at the top of the rotation definitely could be Take you to where you well the calling card of what this team was yeah. going to be, and it has been mm-hmm. like that. That's who we are. That's that's sort of our characteristics. That's how we play the game. We play aggressive. We play up tempo. What surprised me in the playoffs was is the amount of power we've shown. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we didn't, we haven't shown that kind of power since the beginning of the season, and we did for the first couple months, but then we hadn't for a while. And we've we've driven the baseball pretty consistently so far in these first five games, and and that's been surprising. Anything you got from me? Am I supposed question? to have something? No, no. I mean, some no, sort of wacko chip no. that no, that has no, ketchup no. on it that you want to ask no, me a question about? Don't blame Just Al because Alex Anthopoulos <laughs> loves, loves ketchup chips? You know, you want to ask me a question? If you want to ask me a question. Am, I, me. am I supposed to ask you a question? No, you don't have to. When was the last time you washed that sweatshirt? It doesn't matter. You wanted me to ask a question. That's uh, what came to two mind. Two days ago? Oh, nice. I never wash my clothes in October. I don't have people washing my clothes I don't wash my clothes in October. Oh, you don't? No. Ooh. No? I mean, I, that, not the, not the, not the big stuff. The little stuff I the do. The stuff that you wear to games. Yeah, like I don't wash all my stuff all the time, no. Okay. Don't change my shoes, don't change my, you know. The, the shop over the champagne stuff. I, I take it off. You? I take it off and I get changed in the clubhouse before I go in the room. Come on, man. No, I know, but it's not what my first you, rodeo. Well, I know, but, yeah, but what that do you doesn't do go. The, oh, it's just shorts and a t-shirt. That gets tossed no, aside. Oh, so you bite. Oh, yeah. Will yeah, you yeah. bring that out? Like, uh, no, well, that stuff's not the same. I'm seeing, like, dressing for the games, the pants. You, have the like, same, you don't wash the whole sometimes. time. Sometimes. That's disgusting. You're, you're giving disgusting. me crap about I'm my disgusting. sweatshirt. Yeah. That's like, you know as well as I do, you have people. Anyway, all right, good stuff. <laughs> In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.